similar. So. Dear friends, we are, we are back again, and this is the person I call him Caliostro and Castaneda. And uh, David said that he was looking for a hole, uh, for one. But now, David, you told me that somehow you had the same teacher as Carlos Castaneda. Um, how is it possible? Tell me, please. Um, well, you know, I, I spent 30 years guided by my visions and, and knowledge that I had since I was a small boy, I was three, four years old. Um, um, and I met many, 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 many uh, really unique individuals in many different cultures and traditions. And I spent many years uh, researching and experiencing different forms of shamanism. And I lived in Mexico for, uh, for a year. Uh, and, uh, so I had the chance to meet some very interesting uh, people there. And uh, one of them is also the person who was also a teacher of, of, of Carlos Castanet. That is amazing. That is really wonderful. I know now you are in Russia and you went um, into that. I don't, even, I don't know how many people even know who are we talking about, but Carlos I, I, I think a lot of people know who, who is Carlos Castaneda. This is a person who was doing unique things and he's a unique master, definitely. Uh, David, can you be so kind to share with us, uh, with simple people who didn't spend nine years in the mountains in meditations, in our business life and in life of COVID, when we are afraid actually of a lot of things, we're afraid of diseases, we're afraid of injections. By the way, do you recommend to do injection? I rather don't take any personal stance on the matter. I leave it to the individual to decide. What I can recommend is something that we actually discussed with you yesterday. It's like we should look at the different sources of energy in our life and see what we can improve and maximize. Right? So I always say that we have a few basic sources from where we take our personal power and energy. So like it's, you know, first, of course, it's uh, food, then it's air. Actually, let's say air, because you, you can be without food for several days, but without air for, for barely more than a minute, right? So first is air, okay? Then water, of course, uh, then food, then sleep, okay? Then sun, okay? So the weather, but specifically the sunlight, okay? Then we have our emotion, okay? Then we have our mind, then we have our body, and then we have our sexuality. So when you put this like you have about eight main sources of energy, some are external, some are internal. And uh, I always invite people to say, okay, let's see if I know how to maximize uh, the energy, uh, okay, uh, that these eight sources can give you. And I always start from the very first one, that is breath, and, and uh, although, you know, you breathe every day 21,000 times and more. Okay, there are very few people that know how to use the breath to generate energy, vitality, light, huh? and, and very elevated state of mind. Okay, even transcendental or, or, or mystical state of mind. And so that is it. There you really know that you are not using at the best of your possibilities one of your eight sources of power, one of your eight sources of, of, of happiness or of energy, right? And so I say, okay, let's start to learn how to use the breath properly. And so that's one of the first things that I teach. 
okay? because every single culture and mystical tradition around the world has a knowledge about the, the power of the breath. Okay, and so that's step number one. Okay, how do we maximize that? Then let's say um, water. Well, water as well. I mean, uh, you know, nowadays to find pristine, alive, living water, it's, uh, it's uh, not so easy, but there are technologies to maximize the structure of water. And so if you just make some simple research about living water, or alive water, or structural water, that is something that you can, you know, incorporate into your life. Food, you know, there is a lot of information about food, so that's the part that I feel that I need less to speak about. But at the same time, you know, it never enough is safe. So to really understand how you can eat properly what is the right food for you and the right amount of food for you, because we overeat, we eat way too much more than we need. Okay. And I personally eat only twice a day, sometimes once a day. And, you know, between the last and the first meal, I follow the recommendation of many great spiritual teachers, such as the Buddha, let's say, you have, you know, the last meal, you know, before the sunset, and then you wait about 15, 16 hours to have your next meal. And, uh, you know, many people say, oh, but it's too little. And I say, well, Actually, this is one of the secrets of, of vitality and, and, and longevity. It's to eat less. Okay. So that's you know some knowledge about the food that is important. Uh, in many spiritual traditions, there is a knowledge about fasting, about not eating all the time. Um, and also that is something that um, if you know, if you have an understanding of it, it can become a great source of power. Okay. So there we go: bread, water, food. Sleep, that's also very, very important, okay? And nowadays, people's the lifestyle that we have, we suppress the production of melatonin, okay? And so we are melatonin deficient, and that leads to the whole series of other disbalances. So proper sleep and proper, um, let's say, strategies to have real, restful, profound sleep is also very important, okay? Then what other source of power energy we have? Okay, well, we have, of course, light. Now, people that live in, in sunny countries, that's sort of the least of the concern. Although, even people that live in sunny countries nowadays spend most of the time indoor looking at the screen. So there is all uh, knowledge of practices uh, that what to do with the sunlight. Okay, how to use this one as a source of power uh, to activate and, and, and optimize uh, your energy level, your personal power level, even, you know, your sort of spiritual practice, to a certain extent. And so that's another very interesting field of knowledge. And then we move on, you know, to what else we have as sources of energy. Well, we have our body. Our body, it's a, it's a very powerful engine. And if we know how to use it, how to move it in the right way, we can generate energy through movement. So you see, there is in each of these sphere we can find so much knowledge, and that's you know part of the instrument that I give to people. And then we have our mind. That is a very very profound topic. The mind is everything. If you know how to use this instrument, you can have access to all the power, all the energy, all the vitality, all the happiness you want. 
But if you don't know how to use it, uh, it becomes the source of misery, okay? Or even of desperation. So that is another very important uh, element. Okay? Then, of course, we have our emotions, which, like our mind, eh, they need to be properly used. If we know how to use our emotion, they can become a source of power and energy. Okay? And then we have our sexuality. Likewise, you know, it's, it's something that very often people don't talk about enough or not in the right way, and there is no education around that. But if you know what to use your sexual energy or sexuality, you can become a great source of personal power, a great source of happiness, a great source also of mental peace. So, again, these eight areas, they are our eight roots, our eight sources of power. So instead of being worried about, you know, should I take injection or should I be afraid or this or this or that, there are some elements that we cannot control. Let's look at what we can do, you know. So what are the areas of our life or the sources of power, energy, vitality, uh, or rejuvenation, or, or joy and happiness that we can have access to? And so those are the strategies that I, I invite people to really be focused on. That is wonderful, David. Thank you so much for your advices. I want to know for these long years of, uh, I think it's not in one turn. You didn't take 30 years at once. I think you took your adventures, then you made a stop, then again you continued, yeah? Um, you know, it's actually it's a good question. And um, to tell you the truth, I have been pretty much non-stop uh, on this journey pretty much without words. Um, so it is, it was very, I was driven by so much desire mm, that I really didn't stop for 30 years. It's crazy, but it's, it's really so. I have lived everywhere uh, and uh, from Africa to Central America, South America, North America, Eastern Europe, uh, Europe, Southern Europe, uh, all Asia, you name it. There are a few places where I haven't been and lived and explored, you know, and everything. So it's been pretty much a long, non-stop journey of a committed uh, spiritual practice and, and, and inquiry, yeah? self-knowledge and knowledge of really looking in the nation of my own mind, looking in the nation of my own soul. Pretty much non-stop, very committed, everyday practice, uh, two, three, four times a day. You know, for example, in Islam, we have this beautiful tradition that doesn't matter what, several times a day, you remind uh, yourself uh, of your connection with the divine. And I think that that is something that a lot of people could take very good teachings from. Okay, that we very often, we are so distracted by many things that we forget every day to find the connection with ourselves, in whichever way we, we see fit. For some people, it's to, you know, by connecting with the, with, the, with the sense of the divine. For some people, it's by meditating. For some people, it's, you know, by doing Qigong or Tai Chi or yoga. It doesn't matter what. But that sense of commitment that is a commitment to yourself, uh, it should inform your life. And that was really was for me. There was like no day in these 30 years that I didn't commit and do the spiritual practice, routine, self-inquiry, self-discovery that, that, you know, that it was a journey. And, and it pays off. 
Uh, I'm sorry, you were doing it uh, for the humanity to help people or you were doing it for yourself to help yourself to know the road or what is this? Is just a big mission or it's your ego or it's your curiosity? Uh, um, I, I, I think it's probably a mix of the three and none of the three at the same time. It was me, it was who I am. You know, every seed has a tree inside. That was who I was, and, and that's, it was just a natural um, extension of my being, this, this journey and this curiosity and this desire for knowledge and this desire to understand the integration between the, the vertical and the horizontal, right, and the state of integration. So it was something that is, it was really the thing that I was interested in. I mean, other things, they, they were not so interesting for me. Status, family, money, whatever is it, you know career, I found them kind of irrelevant or boring. So it was really me. Then in the process of the journey, it's like, okay, you know, you also realize that it's something that it can, it's useful for people. And, and sometimes there are this great desire to share these, you know. But this kind of, it's, it's come and goes in way. There are phases where you have this great desire to share, you want everybody to know. There are phases where, you know, you have no desire to share, all right? And, and, and so these this things come and go. So again, probably it's again it's a blend of the three and, and, and none of the three at the same time. I see. Uh, my question to you is about happiness. You know, uh, you were talking about happiness ecosystem and about happiness. Since you traveled so much and that you did so much work for us, I'm uh, speaking a little bit egoistic, you know, in a way that you did such a big research. <laughs> uh, I don't want to live 30 years traveling and nine years in the mountains because I love my family, but I want to use that knowledge and I'm very grateful for you that, um, you know, by chance I met you and you did this big job. So if you be so kind to tell me this shortcut, uh, what do you think? I know it's for everybody different, but what is the key to happiness? Um, you know, actually, it's a, it's a very good question because it's something that I'm really interested in. And for example, in the Emirates, in Dubai, um, I want to work more with the Ministry of Happiness and uh, really bring there this message. And then not only in the Emirates, but expanding these uh, uh, this culture and this awareness uh, in other places in the world. Now, um, it's interesting because before we had some very subjective uh, definitions of happiness. Nowadays, thanks to science, let's say that we have a better understanding of what's the signature in the brain when someone is, let's say, happy. And so, for example, there is this Buddhist monk, Mathieu Ricard, this French, which was tested and measured in all possible ways uh, and is being declared as the happiest man alive. And, and so we start to have actual very precise brain signatures that indicate when a person is really happy. And that state of happiness is something that uh, paradoxically is not really dependent on uh, the situation that you're outside. You can be without money, on the street, in, you know, somewhere, and really have this experience of happiness. Right? Um, of course, 
you know, you see people living luxurious life but being depressed. So the understanding that happiness is something that uh, it is truly the achievement of an internal state, which then kind of creates a sense of freedom from external circumstances. Nowadays, we sort of have a more objective uh, view of it. Um, and uh, the strategies for it, uh, well, a big part of it is to take responsibility completely for all of yourself, for your thoughts, for your words, for your actions. And, uh, and I go back to what I was mentioning before, right? We say, okay, where's the source of our power, vitality, and joy? And so we have these eight sources, right? And, but if we don't take responsibility and say, do I know and learn and practice how to breathe properly? Okay. Do I, you know, drink and consume the proper liquids? Do I eat the right food? Do I know how to use and maximize and, you know, light? Do I, you know, learn or, or, or sleep properly? Do I have, do I make proper use of my body? Do I make proper use of my mind? Do I make proper use of my emotion that is also my relationships? Do I make proper use of my sexuality? So if I don't take responsibility for this aid, Part, then I cannot complain, oh, why I don't have energy, why I'm not happy, and something like this. So I think that the very, very first thing about happiness, people need to understand is about responsibility. So you need to take responsibility for yourself. Okay? And then understand that when you say yourself, what does it mean? So the, the eight areas of life and the different parts of your being, that is your body, your words, your thoughts, and your mind. So that's the first thing. And then happiness, therefore, is the, I, I believe that is what in, in, uh, in uh, neurosciences uh, we call uh, a nascent phenomenon. That is, is, uh, is the result of something. Okay? It's like music. You play notes, and then from, from the harmony of the notes, you have what is called octaves. There are, you know, these higher resonance. Okay? So happiness is an octave music. You need to play the notes in a certain harmony, and the notes are the notes of your body, speech, and mind. And, and when you put when you play these notes in harmony, the octave that is created, that is the higher harmonic spirit, is what we call happiness. So happiness is the result of a process of the integration of the unity of the wholeness between body, words, speech, thoughts, and mind, that is your words. Are. are you a happy person, David, yourself? Okay. Yes, I'm an extremely happy person, but it's, it's the result of the process. People say, why are you always happy? And I say, well, because that's my nature, you know, and that's possibly your nature, but you have to become one. So people live this life where they are not integrated. They live in lies, they don't live in truth, they don't live in, in the truth of their being. What they think is one thing, what they say is one thing, what they do is a third thing. Yeah? They have one face for one person, another face for another person. And so you leave these split identities. Of course, there cannot be true happiness and true joy and true peace. Okay? And true, true love and true knowledge of the divine. So happiness, again, is that responsibility where you become one. The result of oneness, of the effort and of the practice to make yourself one. Not two, not three, one. Okay. That is happiness. 
And, and, and I can say that happiness before is, is synonym with authenticity of, of truthfulness. When you are truly truthful with yourself, in that moment, logically, you will be happy when you are, when you are one. So the basic exercise that helps some people, that is the base and the highest level, make what you think, what you say and feel, and what you do one thing. Practice this. It's every very day. difficult to do it. It's very difficult. And I like what you said. Even if you meet a person, for example, who is a little bit overweight, and you will think that uh, he's not that overweight, should you tell him the truth or no? And you told me uh, always the beauty in the eyes of the person who is looking. So if for you this person is a nice person and is a hum harmonious person, then he is beautiful, then he is handsome. So uh, that's why, you know, when you talk with a lot of gurus, they are always in good mood and they are always happy. And, uh, you know, I have some gurus from India and I never saw that they are upset or from China because I think they meditate a lot and uh, they are in a very nice state of mind where we feel that they are happy and they can share that happiness. And this is very interesting. After traveling that much, uh, you are... You have such a big knowledge. I listened to some of the testimonials from the people who took your practices. They said that you gave an enormous amount of energy they never tried in the world. And it is so nice that a person who is not huge like Schwarzenegger, but I think your knowledge is that big that you can share. Maybe some things I'm not agree with you, uh, that you said that all your life you were traveling alone and for you it was... Uh, difficult uh, to have a family and it's not your cup of tea but at the same time i understand that all of us we are different and i am very grateful to you and thankful to you uh, that you share that knowledge with us because being different uh, it doesn't mean that we cannot share the same values of course I want you to live till 122 years or 144. It's uh, up to your wish. And thank you so much for sharing this uh, precious knowledge. Let you always be Very happy. Well. We will try to follow thank you. Thank you so much, David. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.